Six Nations and six amazing chances to win an unforgettable adventure for you and five mates in a Six Nations European host city of your choice. To take part, enter online now at greenking.co.uk slash rugby. Six Nations, six mates and six international rugby getaways worth £3,000. Scrum down and sign up to win at greenking.co.uk slash rugby and watch all the Six Nations action live at your local Green King pub. Terms and conditions apply 18 plus drinkaware.co.uk. Hi, it's Alfie here, the presenter of The Ruck. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about Funding Circle. And to do that, British and Irish Lions, Saracens and England hooker Jamie George is alongside me. How are you, Jamie? All good, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to have you with us uh, for The Ruck. Now, Funding Circle backs small and medium UK businesses with simple, competitive business finance. And Jamie is a Funding Circle ambassador because, Jamie, not only are you day-to-day a professional athlete, but you're also a business owner as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, set up a business with a good school friend of mine about six years ago called Carter & George. Um, we're a physio business that effectively tries to deliver the same level of elite care that I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. So the link between physiotherapy and strength and conditioning and rehabilitation, etc. I've been looking for a physio, so... I know a good place. I'll get your card after. Funding Circle has supported over 90,000 British businesses with £12 billion in finance since 2010. So, Jamie, simply, how have Funding Circle helped you? Well, obviously, they've got an amazing um, financial product. So um, our most recent venture is is trying to grow the business as quickly as we can. We've got five clinics now and we're looking to push on. And obviously, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of a funding circle and um, the financial support that they were able to give us. So if you're looking to overcome challenges or push your business forward, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Ruck. Only two more until Christmas. Thank you for making our numbers so enormous. We're delighted that so many people are downloading and listening to us. Uh, When we put together the panel today, we decided that we were short of a touch of glamour and there was only one person we could bring in, Adam Hathaway. Um, Like the Cray twins, he never crosses the river, but today he has come south from his North London base wearing the jacket, or at least the jacket is with him. A fashion icon, Adam. How How many years have you had that? About 20. I reckon it's been on about 15 tours. Been on 15 tours. Seen it's, gone, in the world. it's gone out of fashion six times. It's back in fashion now. <laughs> Come back in five times. Welcome, Dogman. Um, also, Sam Peters from the Sunday Times. Sam, you, you remember at the start of the season that Ella, his uh, daughter, came on with him and was gurgling in the background. After that, we got a lot of people asking that Ella come back and don't bother with Sam. We've also got Danielle Waterman, dynamic England fullback, uh, world champion, and unstoppable in her international retirement as she was when she was playing so magnificently for England. And um, she was only two and a half hours late for the um, <laughs> for the recording today. Welcome, welcome everybody. Danielle, just I think your first try of the season yesterday. We should come to that first. Where where did you win possession, and how far did you run? Just for, for what uh, for Wasp Ladies against Worcester Valkyries. 
didn't have to do too much actually. My our centre Louise Dodd, um, nice dummy switch, burst through the line. I just supported, and okay. then had to dash um, in my bright pink boots over the line. So okay, yeah. so it was twenty e- meter dash, I reckon. So it was an easy running then. So there, there we are. Nothing, nothing spectacular. Okay, well done. Yesterday um, we saw the, the the final of the fourth round, fourth series of matches in the European Champions Cup. Yesterday was the day that Leicester Tigers were meant to make a big comeback against uh, Racing 92. They spoke all week about a must-win game. Uh, didn't speak loud enough. They got absolutely hammered. Uh, Adam, you you were there. Um, the game that was supposed to rescue their season has put them deep, deep, deep in the mire now. Well, the strange thing was I was also in Paris the week before when they finished quite strongly. And all the talk this week was we've got to start like we finished last week. And they were 20... 24-6 down, something like that, within about 25 minutes. They were appalling. They're as good, of, good, as, good as out of Europe. Genj was all right, he put himself about. Hooker was all right. Dan Cole was very, very quiet. Their back five of their pack is shocking. The point is, Sam, how did they get to this stage? Because when you're a professional club, you're supposed to prepare not only for the next game but for the future. But as Adam says, there are some people in that back five and probably in other departments of the team as well which do not deserve to be called Leicester Tigers. Well, absolutely. I guess um, part of this comes back to sacking the coach one game into the season, which was quite an extraordinary thing to do in many respects. Um, but are you saying that he didn't <clears throat> deserve to go or he no, should have not. been done he before? He should have gone last year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And then at least allow Murphy or whoever it was going to be to take over to have a summer to at least get some of their own guys in and plan and put a team together. But, you know, putting a director of rugby in position you know one game into a season is hiding to nothing really and and the questions really now going up to the top of the organisation and and the board at Leicester I think are going to be under a lot of pressure Adam Ben Young's the England scrum half hasn't even played the last two weeks been on the bench yet what's that all about well I can't work it out they were all talking up Ben White after the game last week you think you've got the England scrum half in the team you've got a must win game you probably start him is that logical or am I missing something possibly the, the other thing is that we should play tribute to racing because they are really a very fine side and made nine changes between the two games <clears throat> yeah eight or nine changes I mean obviously they still played their big guns um, the brilliant Nakawara mm. Finn Russell and players like that but they were miles better than I mean I'd have, I'd have them along with um, Saracens Leinster as contenders to win it outright okay I think they must be I think they've joined the other, the other two now D- Danielle you took in two games Gloucester on against Exeter when Exeter bounced back as, as they tend to do and also Cardiff and Saracens on Saturday the game, the game I was at what were your impressions? Um, I think Exeter were always going to do that and Gloucester suffered with Cipriani going off after about 30 minutes and we just weren't clinical enough and I quite enjoyed the Saris Blues game. It was good to see a team get into Saris, and you just wanted there was one line out um, right on the five metre line where Skelton had been carded. You thought Cardiff were going to, you know, get over, go in the lead, um, and they got turned over, I think, by Jamie George, um, and that was kind of it. And there was so many, but unfortunately, there were so many penalties in the game um, that they were never going to keep building pressure. But they scored a couple of nice tries. Um, and yeah, to keep Saris close um, for a little bit longer this week was good. You're right about those um, those attacks where they tried to get over the line, but in fact they were given the penalty from easy range for the current Welsh fly half, who if he kicked it would have put Cardiff in front with about 14 minutes to go. And the idea that they were, to me, that they went to the touchline. If they got ahead, the crowd would have got into it. It was a horrible day and they might even have done it. But 
as it is Cardiff are, are back to the drawing board Saracens drive on with, with Marowitoji to add and also uh, Billy van der Polen. Also we should say well done to Edinburgh it's very rare for uh, Scottish teams to qualify for the knockout stages but they were very very good form in uh, Newcastle yesterday they won very well uh, Newcastle well, I think lost three or four plays during the game but um, it was that, that was that was excellent do, you, do we think it's a vintage European Cup so far it's interesting but to me it doesn't seem to be absolutely <clears throat> brilliant Sam? I think it's hard to comment on that after a weekend with such horrendous weather I mean I think it will get better and better um, I think there's a lack of in- premiership quality in there if we're honest you know Saracens obviously are an outstanding rugby team in, in Europe one of the outstanding rugby teams in Europe but also by miles the best team in England at the moment Exeter have had a really really disappointing seat in, in Europe again is a big blow first real setback for Rob Baxter so yeah I think it's it, it's yet to yet to capture the imagination I think it's fair to say but may get better in the spring I think it might be epic by the time we get to the semi-finals because a lot of these pools are virtually done and dusted apart from the I mean Leicester say they're still alive they're not they've gone the Exeter Gloucester group is vaguely alive um <laughs> The rest of it dead as a dodo, to be honest. It's a new degree of life. <laughs> you're vaguely alive. <laughs> okay, okay. Just before the, uh, while our uh, listeners are still vaguely alive, <laughs> Daniel, the the um, European Cup, in my opinion, it's under pressure from the two leagues in France and and England because they get so many so much money in that that actually Europe, in some ways, is not a climax as it used to be. Am I am I being unfair? I think so, because if you ask the players, I'm sure they love the challenge of playing different teams. Um, and I think that's what's disappointing about all the English teams, is they're not playing how maybe we've seen them in the Premiership when they're coming up against an opposition that are new. That's where you see the exciting rugby, because it's not the, the same old clashes where we know that they, you know teams are going to drive or kick or whatever it might be. I would say the players relish that opportunity and... Okay. Yes, money is going to be involved in terms of the clubs and looking at what's important and bits and pieces, but I think it's great. And I'd love to see the women's game have a European uh, competition of some kind. Well, especially with France, the French clubs being so good and so prominent. Yeah, Yeah. um, I think it would be cracking and, you know, chuck an Irish side in there. Um, I'm not quite sure whether potentially if you pull some of the Welsh teams, um, you know, they could compete. Yeah, I think it would be a really good um, opportunity to build on the women's game um, mm-hmm. and to bring more opposition into the club side because at the moment there is a real distinct divide between the top probably five, six teams um, and the bottom half of our Premiership. OK, well, in, in terms of the divide, um, we've had 12 rounds of the Premier of the Tyrrells Premier 15. Saracens are top uh, from Harlequins, from Loughborough Lightning and from Wasps. What you're saying is, Danielle, that possibly uh, it'll lower down uh, the teams are not as strong as, as people would like? Yeah, you've got Gloucester Hartbury, who are, I think, one or two points behind us um, with Bristol Ladies um, in behind. But the problem is with those kind of, with our middle section teams, um, with a couple of injuries, you know, Bristol have got Amber Reed, Sarah Byrne, Langi Tuima out, and they've lost to Darlington Mountain Park, who, you know, there's no way they should have lost that fixture. Mm. Um, we played Worcester this weekend and, and put a decent score on them, Waterloo the week before, and, and yeah, there is a big divide, and it is a shame. Will we see more movement around the Tills Premiership in not next year, the year? I think we have to um, with players. 
But to do that, you've either got to provide some kind of financial benefit or some um, lure to get them away from the, the top teams at the moment. Um, just slightly more positive Loughborough Lightning you always want teams to come through to challenge the old order they're, they're in third place and you were saying before we came on here that they, they saw saw what your Wasps team off pretty well so that, I mean that must, must have hurt part of you must have thought well okay it's nice to have someone coming through yeah it, it's actually been really good um, to, to have that different dynamic um, Katie Daly McLean I think has been the signing of the year for them um, mm. she has dictated terms on every <clears throat> single game when we played them up at Loughborough um, a couple of weeks ago every time we turned the ball over she punished us 50-60 metres um, which was challenging for us they got into our 22 four times and came away with 28 points so um, mm. not bad statistics but yeah I, I think them challenging um, the top spot they, they had a heavy um, loss to Harlequins I haven't mm. caught up on that game yet but yes it's a different dynamic and it's good to see them doing well but but is it are you still positive about the uh, you, surprisingly for you you seem slightly downbeat but surely you're still positive about the league itself Oh, 100%. I think it's been absolutely brilliant in terms of the level of the game this season. It's built on last season. We're finally seeing, a, a, in inverted commas, professional setup around the players. So we've got coaching, analysis, uh, medics, S&C, all of that has been provided to the top 60 um, at, at each club. The downfall of the league is the fact that we don't have a geographical split of all the top players. Um, mm. And when some of the, the, the middle tier teams are losing their internationals to injury or whether it be over the autumn internationals, they just can't keep competing. But in terms of the general club player, um, there's been a huge um, development. And we're also seeing lots of young players stepping up, which is a credit to the league. Someone like Tatiana Hurd, Karis Williams, both started in the centres at Twickenham against Ireland and, and did a did a great job. Let's just go on to Tyrrells because they've been um, <laughs> tremendous sponsors. Now, I've got here, uh, we can just do a little test here. I've got here two packages of crisps, one uh, Tyrrells and what a lovely um, uh, bag and display it is. <laughs> and the uh, slightly uh, inferior, as in my opinion, um, crisps uh, called Walkers, um, flogged by Gary Lineker. Now, we're just going to do a little test here. For, first of all, for crispness, I'm going to um, break a crisp uh, the same distance away from the uh, microphone. Just for Here goes the Tyrrells. I think you can hear those crisp that was. Crispy, that was. We now come to the wa Walkers uh, crisp. Hardly anything there, a little bit soggy. <laughs> so we're going to say just a quick taste test now. Can just uh, give those round. Uh, sorry if anyone is uh, allergic to anything, don't have them. But <laughs> Daniel for the um, everyone's Tyrrells. First of all, Daniel, what do you think? Outstanding. I've got a mouthful. Sorry. Um, yeah, fantastic. And Which actually, unbelievable. The only downfall I would say about Tyrrells, they don't do a grab bag. Don't do a grab yeah, bag. Don't do a grab bag, which I've noticed okay. you've grabbed with uh, with the walkers. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, but anyway, people, some people think the grab bag is big, others don't. But uh, Sam, Tyrrells, well, taste-wise, is as good as I've ever known. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Adam, definitely the best. Do you want me to do the John Tarot test on this? Look, yeah, Master go on, Chef. Uh, no, very good. Um, you can feel the uh, saltiness and the cheesiness. Yeah, yeah. And a nice well, English rose on the bag. No, fr frankly, I don't want to. Um, adapt your opinion anyway but just passing over these soggy walkers um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think awful yeah awful aren't they terrible <laughs> look with respect it's only it's only a personal opinion but underwhelming yeah no 
No, as, we, mm. as we're going on about Tyrrells, I, I genuinely think their sponsorship has been a total game changer for, mm-hmm. for women's rugby um, at the club level in England. It, it really has because it's branded it, it's provided the finance, um, which has made it far more professional, as I've mentioned. And it's a, the first it's the first ever um, sponsor for women's standalone um, in, uh, in England, which is really important. New Zealand's got a few for their Black Ferns team but yeah they put their hand up and they've done a good job and I think they've got quite a few sales at Twickenham so they're not doing too mm. bad either we're at the press are eating a lot you know yeah. <laughs> game changer on the show Lineker Walkers how many games have you changed <laughs> thank you very much for that I think that was very significant we're going to go on now to something with no levity whatsoever last week Nicolas Chauvin young Stade Francais player died after an incident where he went into a tackle Uh, uh, broke his neck in the tackle and then suffered a cardiac arrest. On Sunday, my colleague David Walsh in the Sunday Times, uh, writing about this desperate incident, asked the question, is rugby now becoming a guilty pleasure, perhaps too violent for his own good? Now, we cannot put this incident down to any bad bad practice, bad tackling or or whatever, because we don't know enough about it. it. It's just a tragic incident. But Sam, whatever the reasoning, does this now coalesce growing anxieties i think it's it's a it's obviously a desperately desperately sad situation and and our sincere condolences to to nicholas his fam to, to his family um and everyone involved at the club i think what it is is a is a reminder to everyone why world rugby are trying to implement changes to the game that make it safer and why everyone involved in the sport who loves rugby has a duty of care to everyone who plays the game to accept there is a very very physical element to it which we all love anyone who's played the game or watched the game loves the physicality of it but there has to be a point and a threshold where you say okay well this is now at a point where we need to change and and I think that is has happened with world rugby I mean we only have to think back say for example to Formula One when Ayrton Senna died and the really scientific analysis that was done around safety um, in Formula One and how it massively improved safety in the sport and I think that can still happen it's a work in progress with rugby um, lots has been done already things around concussion awareness has been exceptionally um, good um, and, and, more, and more needs to be done I think without without changing the game radically I think we can still have a hugely physical game which, which is safer Let me come back to you Sam at the very end and, and, and for you to tell us what the next step should be in, in your opinion D- Danielle you, you were noted for really aggressive physicality in the game uh, <laughs> at the, and the way you played I mean I remember one of the things that turned people on to, to, to the women's game was when you hit that Australian winger in, what three World Cups ago and she still she still hasn't come down yet but um, has it been uh, become more and more fierce in, when you've been playing because you've played at all the top level games and ha- have you been concerned about it and are the players concerned about it or in terms of the women's game let's just talk about that at first do you think it's still within bounds I've seen huge developments in the women's game mainly because if you move move towards a professional era um, you have the chance to become the best athlete possible therefore you build bigger players that are more athletic more powerful um, the collision speed is therefore much greater um, I don't think as players we worry about it it's desperately as Sam alluded to desperately sad that this situation has happened but it does happen in all sports um, and you know I, I agree 
world rugby are doing what they're doing to protect players but as somebody going that's playing in the game you know I'm I'm small and as you say I, I grew up with brothers so I had to learn to be pretty physical um, from an early age but I don't think it's it's something that's on players minds um, because it can't be and mm. These accidents happen just like they've happened with a number of injuries that I've had throughout my career. Um, and the one thing that I would say that is looking after players now is the sports science and the medical um, services that players have access to, in particular at the top level. Um, but the education process around the head injury assessment, um, looking after young players is being drip fed down into grassroots, which I think um, is also playing a huge part in supporting young people um, that are taking up the game. And we've got to look at the thousands that are playing, um, thousands of games across the world um, every week. Um, and, you know, this is a, unfortunately an incident that's happened and is, is very, very sad. Adam, we, we are any, everyone finds it as ghastly as, a, as, the, as the next man or woman, um, the, the fate of poor Nicholas. We've also seen, uh, since the, the game tried to crack down and make safer, the sort of old pros and current players and, and wee hacks now and again thinking, oh God, the game's gone, because you see something like where there's sort of some sort of minimal contact and it's all accidental, but someone gets carded. We all put safety as a priority. Is there a kind of public relations thing that needs to be done because you get these incidents that look so soft? They just, they just sort the referees out, don't they? In, in that respect, I mean, the players all love contact, as Daniel mm. said. If you speak to Johnny Wilkinson, that's one of the reasons he played the game. Just got to clamp down on, on the bad stuff, let the other stuff go. The one thing that does worry me slightly is that the lack of kids playing rugby now, maybe they've been put off by what they see from professional rugby on the telly when, in fact, they need to know that little Johnny's not going to be playing that sort of rugby on a Sunday morning and not getting smashed up all the time. Sam, what's the next steps that should be taken? Well, I, th I think it's already happening in a lot of ways in that what we're really now starting to see is a, the sort of the longer-term education piece kind of filtering out through the game and I think we see a lot more sensible commentary in certainly on, on TV for example the Glasgow Leon game uh, Etienne Oosterhuizen the Leon second row was sent off for a pretty blatant elbow to the face of, of Hastings and really good comments which for, I think David Flatman said this is not UFC players know what to expect now and I think as the education piece rolls out the players will adapt their behaviour and things that five, ten years ago were completely normal, which have now been accepted as being completely unacceptable, will just go out the game. And, and so there's that part. And then just to continue continue vigilance and continued ed education, I think, is a, is a big part of it, I've got to say. I'll just add a historical note there. In 1993, the game abandoned the principle of the team going forward at Rux indeterminate Ruxton Malls they did not retain the ball anymore. In other words, it was turned over. Before that rule was passed, the field was clear of forwards. Forwards would win the ball, backs would attack with it. Mm. Immediately that law came in, the game went to two straight lines of, across the field, like rugby league. It became rugby league, and now you have to go bash, 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 bash to clear these people out of the way and to make space. There are now something like four times as many tackles some some of them head first as there once were and the guys who changed that law put people in danger even though they didn't know it at the time you're listening to the ruck we'll be back in a minute <laughs> 
The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get the team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18plusdrinkaware.co.uk This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Rock Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Funding Circle. Funding Circle has been supporting small businesses since 2010, so they know that like rugby, running a business takes hard work, drive and a good team supporting you. They've helped Saracens and England hooker Jamie George grow his business. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how. If you're looking to improve different parts of your business or hire talent with extra know-how, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Welcome back to The Ruck. Slightly lighter note, much needed now. I know that you all send in criticism when we say which plays are good and bad. Now we're going to go really berserk and we're going to name all our World 15s as the best team we've ever seen, either with the naked eye or on television. Please write into the normal addresses and tell us, tell the other three how bad you think their teams are and how good mine is. Let's start with Adam Hathaway. We just need to go through, Adam, the backs, and we're all trying not to laugh, the backs <laughs> that uh, you've seen. Right, so my backs are fullback Christian Cullen. 14, Rupeni Falthokunibaka, the Fijian winger, who's a monster. 13, Jerry Guskert. 12, Tim Horan. 11, Joan Alomu. 10, Mark Eller. 9, Gareth Edwards. You've got two correct there. <laughs> um, uh, Sam Peters. 15, Christian Cullen. 14, Jason Robinson. 13, Jeremy Guskert. 12, Philip Seller. 11, David Campesi. 10, Jonathan Davis. 9, Hugh van der Vestesen. Danielle, we're going to ask you to do your your women's team, but have you got any comments on those two, frankly, ludicrous selections going to scrum? I don't think they've gone wrong. I think that's a negative way of putting it. But Thank you. Thank growing you. up, my hero was Vainga Tuigamala, and I know Jonah mm. Lomu was the kind of the more modern day um, version of that, and obviously he's going to be in there. But yeah, someone that I looked up to, I think maybe he would have been. Fine. He would have been nice to put in there. Well, the real team, <laughs> fullback Chris Latham, the Aussie fullback, yeah. who was fantastic. Sadly, he didn't show up when he came over to Worcester. Gerald Davis is unshakable on the on on the right wing. That maybe date me a little bit, but he was just magnificent. Jeremy Guscott, I think we've all had. My other sense is Frank Bunce in ninety yeah. when Frank Bunce played for New Zealand. It was it was just hysterical. I've gone for Campe- David Campesi because I think Jonah. 
the slightly short career, it's not his fault. Uh, Juan Martin Hernandez at fly half, Gareth Edwards at, at scrum half. So that was the official one, well, not the official team, that, that's my <laughs> team. Vanga Tugamala, what a good one that was. We, 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 we forgot that. We'll just go on to the forwards now. Sam, can you give us your forward pack, please? Forward pack, so Gethin Jenkins, Phil Cairns, Carl Heyman, Martin Johnson, Alan Wynne-Jones. I've got Parisi at six, just because he had what? to be had to be in the back row, but mm. also so did Zinzan Brook at eight, mm. and Michael Jones at seven. OK, um, you must be able to do better than that. Uh, <laughs> if I'd have known we were allowed to swap around positions like oh, no, Eddie exactly, Jones yeah. does, I'd have done a different well, it's called a copo. It's a copo. Well, Richard, Richard Hill played <laughs> six, seven and eight. Right, I've got uh, Jason Leonard, Sean Fitzpatrick, Graham Price, Martin Johnson, John Eels, Richard Hill, Michael Jones and Sergio Parise in his proper position of number eight. <laughs> OK, we'll come to Daniel for any favourite fours we left out in a minute. Uh, my team, Gary Pagel, oh, yeah. European uh, Springbok and European Cup winner with uh, Northampton. Fitzy, I've always gone for Jean Fitzpatrick, so I'm not going to meet him in the next few weeks because <laughs> I got Mario Ledesma, who I think was just a force of nature for Argentina. <laughs> Olo Brown, second row, no Martin Johnson, sorry. Who have I gone for? Hathers. 10 out of 10 in the second test in um, Pretoria. Simon Shaw. Simon Shaw. I thought Simon Shaw was absolutely wonderful. Also, um, Patricio Albacete of um, of the Pumas in the second row. Back row, two Welsh flankers, Dan Lydiot and Sam Warburton. Number eight, in his proper position, Sergio Parise. <laughs> Any forwards we, we missed out then, Danielle? No, I, I'm, in, I'm in agreement. I think definitely Parise at eight, like what he can do from there. I would say Sean Fitzpatrick at two. OK. So I slightly disagree with I you. I think the Dan Lydiot one might challenge a few, Steve. Okay. Including me. <laughs> well, not, we're not doing this to be popular, are we? <laughs> no. If, I missed something if I am. Okay, now we're going to go on to, first of all, Danielle's women's team, the, the best team that you've played with or, or watched. Now, if you're leaving out friends, you needn't say anything, okay? Or, or there might be <laughs> it was friends. really tough. I've literally put three players per position, I think. <laughs> okay, well, let's start at fullback. Now, there oh, are okay. some people in this studio who would say it's probably you. You can pick yourself if you want to. <laughs> no. Um, it's torn. Uh, Jessie Tremulier, um, World Player of the Year this year. She is such a nonchalant player and she you know but she glides around the field and has one mm. of the best kicking games um, in the world, I think, yeah. But she's closely um, marked by Salika Winiata, who plays for the Black Ferns. Okay. So two, that's good. That's good. Me. That's a good start. I've got... Um, also, someone who used to love watching was Paula George, the former England captain. But um, wings, um, Lydia Thompson is, um, in my opinion, the best finisher in the world. Uh, scored a hat trick at Twickenham this autumn, um, and also one of the nicest people I know. Uh, loved mm. playing alongside her. Um, and <sighs> Portia Woodman is an incredible finisher, um, but still need to learn the game defensively and that's a big part of me so I'm going to say Kim Shaler who um, played for England um, back in 2006 era good well um, I would always remember Magali Harvey for the try she scored for France on the wing uh, in, in the World Cup where England won it but also I always remember in uh, in the Holland World Cup Vanessa Coutts being absolutely brilliant for but I'll take your word for it uh, fly half 
Katie Daly-McLean is cracking, but I'm going to say Anna Richards mainly because to win five World Cups, I think you've got to be doing something right. And I think she was about 43 in 2010 when she played um, and still unpicked us. Um, So, yeah, I think Anna Richards has got to be there. So if you can still play in your 43, Sam, you could automate the comeback. (laughs) Young pup, young pup. Centres, centres. Kelly Brazier um, is one of the hardest players to defend because she can run she can pass and kick tactically unbelievably well mm. Rachel Burford cracking defender and always put the ball in space so I've got three for two and mm. I'm going to put Emily Scarrett in there as okay, well yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough you got, you got well Sam copped out with changing positions so <laughs> I, I think I think Emily why on earth they put Emily to fall back in the World Cup final I've no idea but that's not to be too controversial about these things uh, again I've got two uh, Kendra Coxage is in fine form um, brilliant brilliant player um, but also Amy Turner okay okay well mine's go back a little bit before that the first time I ever saw a women's game Emma Mitchell was oh. playing and god she was absolutely brilliant and, and remained so okay yeah I so agree with we, that we, 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 we're um, disagreeing there but only on grounds of sheer age um, front row Rocky Clark legend of the women's game um, Fee Falmasila um, the Black Ferns captain who's just recently retired um, and I've gone for tight haired Aldora Tunu um, she's an absolute wrecking ball from, um, from New Zealand, from New Zealand right. um, played in the World Cup final and just destroyed us with her ball carries ok ok well that's a bit scary mm. S- second second row <clears throat> I've gone a bit old school with this. Lisa Burgess um, mm. from Wales. She's actually my training partner um, mm. when I lived in Cardiff. Great woman. And I'm torn between Tamara Taylor and Abby Scott. But we're going to, yeah. Okay, I think Tamara Taylor is just a force of nature as well. Lisa Burgess, that's that's a great selection. Uh, and the, the, only, the, the only other wing I had was Debbie Francis from the first World Cup. She was absolutely brilliant. Okay. Even before my time. Okay, all right. Let's go on to the back row. Georgia Stevens at six, hmm. Maggie Alfonsi at seven, and Safi Ndaye, um, oh. who plays for France, at eight. I've got I've got two of those. I thought Claire Malloy of, of Ireland is quite good. Yeah, Claire Malloy and Roman uh, Menager. Yeah, Roman Menager. Yeah, yeah, played in the best. last World Cup. Also, Helen Clayton. I always thought was was, was tremendous. Okay, that's um, that's how World 15's done. Please tell us where you think we went wrong, if you dare. Because I don't think we, I thought we did pretty well there. Okay, just referring to the World 15s, Jeremy Gascott and Maggie Alfonsi, we think, made uh, all, every team so and across the eras, and uh, quite right too. Can't tell Maggie though. We can't tell Jerry either. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) He he would also have had himself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My team is Jay Gascott. Okay. Um, I tell you what, the great journalists. Would we pick ourselves? Yes. Adam. Probably could, not. <laughs> could you actually manage a journalist 15? Oh, easily. I've, pl- I've played for the rugby writers many times. I think I was quite good. <laughs> Didn't you cause a fight at Leicester once? Yeah, against the I, Leicester I, hit, I hit the wrong bloke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hit Malcolm Fultz Arnold. We, we were losing 86 nil at the time. And he, oh, God. I wish I'd never done that. Anyway, um, we're going to go on now to God and Goddess of the Week. This is someone who's been so outstanding in, in a certain uh, sphere, any sphere that they deserve our ultimate weekly award. It's always the chairman, i.e. me, has the casting vote. But um, we're going to go to Adam first. 
God or Goddess of the Week? Jack? Um, I've got a few, actually. So when I was on here about three weeks ago with Michael Liner, he had 50 Gods of the Week, which were the entire <laughs> island squad, the <laughs> island management, and all the support stuff. Well, I'm going to have about 100,000. Because my Gods and Goddesses of the Week are anyone who attended a rugby match in person on Saturday, which was the most filthy, horrible, mm. disgusting day of all time. Um, there were people, there were kids crying at the stoop on Saturday. It was so cold. <laughs> they just read your match report. Drag, <laughs> yeah, just read the people. And dra- dragging, dragging their dads um, back home at half time. It was, Adam Jones was the only bloke wearing shorts in the in the ground. Um, the scenes at Glasgow on Saturday appalling. It was raining cats and dogs in Toulouse. In Leinster, half the ground was empty, A, because the match was virtually over and Leinster was so far ahead, but because the people in that far stand were getting absolutely hosed on and retired to the bar at the back. So anyone who attended a game at any level, extra B game or whatever, you're a hero and a hero. OK, that's 28,000. Uh, that's really narrowed it down a bit. Danielle? Um, I'm going to say Laura Keats, who tight head for the Red Roses. Um, I think it was about eight weeks before the 2017 World Cup uh, scrummaging uh, ruptured her Achilles and after 18 months out she came back and um, played yesterday played 20 minutes was absolutely knackered afterwards and um, but she you had the biggest smile on her face and I think any any player coming back in particular a tight head in particular your Achilles tendon having done um, in a scrum um, yeah mine is one million percent Laura Keats but also I'm going to p- say thank you very much Adam because I played in the weather um, <laughs> so I'm going to take that I didn't mean to play this. Well, <laughs> l- listen I'll tell you what Laura Keats I saw her at the, at the last World Cup with a cowardly walk there's so much so, so much bandage on I felt really sorry for her and it's fantastic that she's back Sam um, I know it's probably against the rules to name family members but I'm going to uh, name my mum Jenny um, who as many of you or some of you know because uh, you mentioned at the start of the show uh, Monday's normally daddy daycare for me uh, with my daughter Ella but uh, mum Jenny has not only moved house with my, my 75 year old dad in the last couple of weeks uh, for the first time in 43 years un- unfailingly and un- without any uh, hesitation stepped into the breach today to look after Ella um, and she does that regularly and I'm eternally grateful well, and she's put up with you for 43 years. <laughs> Just the 40. What am I supposed to do now? I can't, I can't knock back your mother. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. You put me in a terrible position. Don't how much you want him back as a guest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll win that case. <laughs> okay. My God of the Week is actually Gareth Anscombe, the Cardiff fly half. When he came over from New Zealand, people thought, what on earth has he come 12,000 miles for? And fair play, he stuck to it and played very well for Cardiff. I'm afraid this week... I've got to have a joint because I, I, I'm so impressed by Laura Keats to come back, but also Jenny too. So if Laura and Jenny you've never met <laughs> wouldn't mind sharing this, sharing the award as the goddess, goddesses of the week, I think those are two excellent ones. And at Christmas, it is not fair for me to, ju- to judge. <laughs> Finally, Adam, I just want to ask you, all three of you, it might be the last time you're on the pod, uh, this year in fact could be the last ever for a couple of years but um, Adam um, your ambitions for the year you've written this season for the Sun Mirror Times Sunday Times uh, Telegraph uh, Observer you've been on the podcast the Evening Standard 
the Cabal uh, Clarion, <laughs> the South Wales Argus, the North Wales Argus, and the Mid Wales Argus. What ambitions have you got in terms of new ground for your King of the Freelancers this year? <sighs> I want to get a byline in the Lahore Times on okay. rugby. Okay. Okay, they'll, 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 I think it's a shoo-in. <laughs> Danielle, you've got, um, you've got something out the way in that England have played in your absence. Okay? Yes. You've got so much... Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> you always played as if you had a lot of adrenaline. Are you dealing with the surf- surplus of adrenaline that you've got because you can't wear the red rose anymore? Um, and how many times have you almost said, I want to play again? Uh, I haven't done enough training to deserve being that white shirt, but I, it was very, very t- difficult over the autumn um, to watch the girls. Um, but at the same time, saw lots of new girls get their first caps, which is really exciting for them, um, having coached a few of them and been at the start of their journey. Um, to be fair, whenever I have done any media, um, stood in front of a camera, um, I think my heartbeat was going faster than it ever did when I played in the white shirt. So, yeah, new challenges, um, which I'm really excited about and definitely give me the nerves and the worries um, to perform and, and to do well in those. Well, all the best to you. Sam, um, a slightly grave note, you, you, you are seen as the um, outstanding journalist in terms of rugby safety. And you, you've you kept the uh, campaign going um, for, for 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 many years at a time when actually it was unfashionable. Do you see uh, your campaign paying off and and, and and the effect it's had on other people? And are you up for the fight um, th- this year? It's a massive year for rugby. Are you still up for the fight to keep rugby safer? I'm always up for the fight, Steve. Definitely. I think, um, yeah. I mean, we talked about it before. I think there there is a sort of there has been a sea change. I think in attitudes and people have 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 seemed to um, respond to what I've been writing about potentially for five or six years now. I don't think it's seen quite as bonkers as it as it was back then. But obviously, there's some teething troubles, and it's going to take a while to sort of iron things out. But I, I'm I'm hugely encouraged by the way the sport has responded. I think there's a lot of sensible same people believe it or not in rugby who are looking at this really closely and and change is happening and that's that's all good the sport can move forward i'm, I'm confident of that thanks to everyone listen to the ruck today there's another program next week on christmas eve been a delight today uh, to have danielle sam and a relative delight to have um, <laughs> adam uh, th- thanks a million uh, stick with us thanks for putting our numbers up and uh, we'll be back with you soon Thanks for listening to the Ruck Podcast. We're delighted to be teaming up with Funding Circle. And Funding Circle Ambassador Jamie George is with me. All right, Jamie? Hello. Hello. How are you? All good. Good, good. So away from Saracens and England duty, you are a business owner. And Funding Circle is a huge supporter of small and medium-sized UK businesses. How have they helped you? Yeah, so uh, I've got a business with a friend of mine. It's a physiotherapy business, effectively delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. And we've been looking to expand and grow the business as quickly as we can. And with the financial products that Funding Circle have done, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. So Funding Circle has been supporting small businesses with access to the finance they need to grow since 2010. And they know that like rugby, running a business takes hard work, drive and a good team supporting you. If you want to invest in your business and take your team to the next level, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Jamie, can you do the honours? Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. 
The biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get the team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. Scores in the corner! The Six Nations and Green King. 18 plus drinkaware.co.uk 